This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Not Lukewarm Podcast with Diana Bartolini, a speaker, writer, and spiritual director who wants you to know your faith and live not lukewarm. Hello, everyone. It's Diana Bartolini with the Not Lukewarm Podcast. Today, I am going to be talking about the virtue of hope in relation to Catherine of Siena. Why Catherine of Siena? Well, April 29th is her feast. This will be coming, this episode will come out actually on the 28th of April, but close enough that I simply cannot let April go by without talking about a saint whom I love and admire so much. Let me give you a brief overview of who Catherine of Siena is, and then we're going to get into a little bit of how we can have hope based on the things that she has taught us. So here we go. So first off, Catherine was born in Siena. And we say she was born in Siena, Italy, but at the time when she was born, which was 1347, there really was no Italy as we know it today. They were all a series of city-states. And so she was, though, born in Siena, right near the Cathedral of St. Dominic, now houses her head while her body is in Rome, uh, it's St. Mary Minerva in Rome. So there you go, a little Catholic trivia for you. She died in 1388. She was a young woman and she died in Rome. Before she began her public ministry, her parents wanted her to marry and she was very much opposed to marriage. And so she cut off all her long, beautiful hair and remained cloistered in her home for about three years point, she became a third order Dominican of Siena and then the people of Italy as a third order Dominican. Another remarkable thing to know about Catherine was that she was not literate. And yet her most well-known work, this was called the Dialogue, the Dialogue, a conversation of divine providence. And it is a conversation between her and God. And this was dictated to her secretaries while she herself was in ecstasy, and they were they were written by these secretaries. Sometimes there was one person in the room with her, sometimes two, sometimes three, and they were completed in 1370, so 10 years before she died. She was canonized in 1461 by Pope Pius II, and she was made a doctor of the church by Pope Paul VI in 1970. She was the first layperson because remember, she was a third order Dominican, not none, which is probably, probably most Dominican women becoming Dominican at that time. That's what you did. And so she was the first layperson to be declared a doctor of the church. So there you go. If you ever start to lose hope that you're not going to be able to achieve great things because of some thing that you think you're missing, think about Catherine, all the things that she was able to accomplish at a time when women were not as well respected as they are now, they were certainly not given as much power or authority. Their words were not given as much weight and credence. And yet she was able to do many great things in her time. And we still have her dialogue and she was the doctor of the church. Keep going, have hope. All right, so what does Catherine have to say about hope? She has a lot to say about hope. I'm gonna take some quotes. The first one I'm gonna take is this. In the light of faith, I hope. Suffer me not to faint by the way. 
in the light of faith. So here we see that Catherine is tying hope and faith together. Talked in the last episode, you know, the three theological virtues, faith, hope, and charity. So faith and hope are tied together. And so she does not want to lose her faith in the virtue of hope. I think that's something that we can all learn from and that we can all consider. In her dialogue, she speaks to God about hope. And this is what God reminds her. A couple of comments. So this is God speaking to Catherine, not speaking to Diana, but speaking to Catherine. And this is what God says to her. I never fail those who never fail in their hope. I provide for them as a kind, compassionate father. God doesn't expect you to have all the answers. He doesn't expect you to be perfect, but he wants you to always hold on to hope. Always hold on to hope. His hope will not fail us. And when we do that, God will provide for us. Another thing that in the dialogue God says to her is this, I will fulfill your desires, but do not fail in your hope in me. Providence will never fail you, and every man, if he be humble, shall receive that which he is fit to receive from my goodness. I looked at this and I thought, well, what, what does this mean? Like, I will fulfill your desires, but do not fail in your hope in me. Can we fail? Yeah, we can fail, but not in our hope. So the hope is really what is going to sustain us. It is going to sustain us in knowing who God is, and knowing that God wants our best. And how can we do this? So we said already, hope is tied to faith. In the dialogue, God also makes the point of reminding us that hope is tied to something else, which is so necessary in the spiritual life. And that is mercy. Mercy. Hope is tied to mercy. And this is what God says to Catherine and to us in the dialogue. I wish souls to hope in my mercy at the point of death. During their life, I use this sweet trick with them, making them hope greatly in my mercy. Making them hope greatly in my mercy. If you think about it, we know that God is a God of justice and a God of mercy. And I know that I tend to focus more on the fact that He is a God of mercy because I know that I am in much need of His mercy and that his mercy is abundant. And so, if we hope in his mercy, always, yes, always to hope in his mercy, but especially at the point of death, then when we encounter his justice, don't think it will be as painful. I don't know that for sure, because I'm not dead, and I've never died, but hope in his mercy. Because we think about that, when things are going wrong in our life, when we have these problems which seem insurmountable, these difficulties which come at us sometimes with just at a breakneck speed, and you're thinking, I cannot handle this. I cannot do this on my own. You don't have to, because you have God, and you have faith, and you can have hope in His mercy that all of whatever is coming at you is going to somehow, at some point, work out in God's providence, in His divine will in the way it needs to work out, that he has known how it's going to work out from the beginning of time. And then Catherine, in this dialogue, she says to God, and she's saying again to us, put your hope decisively in God and not in this mortal life. Wow. Put your hope decisively in God and not in this mortal life. 
we are all mortal. And I know that you know that. And sometimes we want to act as if maybe we're somehow going to leave this world differently than other people. Maybe we'll leave it without having suffered, without having pain, without having discomfort. I don't know that that's realistic. I know what is realistic is to put my hope in God. Do I always put my hope decisively in God? Hmm. No, I despair at times. I wonder why me? And then I think, well, why not me? I'm not any better than the next person. We all in some way or another suffer. What do we do in that suffering? Do we turn to God? Do we have hope that whether or not the situation that we're suffering in is lifted, do we believe that he is right there with us in that suffering? If I were in front of you right now, I would say, can I get an amen to that? So amen. God is with us in our suffering. That is a huge hope and comfort because then we know we're not alone. We are not alone. And Catherine knew how much we are not alone and that God wants us to be close to him. There's something else that God told Catherine that I think is again, important in this world that we live in today. He's talking about the evil one. And he says that the devil is not able to resist your humble hope in my goodness. Do we hope in God's goodness? Absolutely. I have faith in his goodness. I have faith in his mercy. And my hope is that his goodness overcomes evil. And I know that it's true. The resurrection is proof that God can overcome evil, and he does. And he shows us time and time and time again. Do we see it? Not always. We have to have humble hope in God's goodness, which means that we don't walk around thinking, oh, God will take care of it. I don't have to do anything. We have to participate in this life. We have to help people have hope. We have to show people that we have faith. We have to share that with others. We have to turn to God in his mercy when we fail or when we feel that we are weak and need his strength. Our actions show that we have hope. We have to put our hope in God so that we cannot overcome by evil and by the evil one. Because isn't that what we want? We don't want to be overcome by evil. We want to put our hope and trust in God, who is absolute mercy to us always. I'm going to end with a little bit lengthier quote from the dialogue, and this is God speaking to Catherine. But the soul exercising herself in virtue, and in this case, we're talking about the virtue of hope, begins to lose her fear, knowing that fear alone is not sufficient to give her eternal life, as I have already told thee when speaking. And so she proceeds with love to know herself and my goodness in her, and begins to take hope in my mercy, in which her heart feels joy. Sorrow for her grief, mingled with the joy of her hope in my mercy, causes her eye to weep, which tears issue from the very fountain of her heart. And then God goes on to say how tears are good, and they heal us, and they can make us very conscious of hope and joy and mercy. Tears can be good, and they can be very healing. So I think it's important to, to note that God himself, in this dialogue with Catherine, is reminding her how much hope and mercy are tied together. And so when you find yourself failing in hope, wishing you had more. Turn and remember God's mercy and ask for more hope. I think we forget that we can turn to God and ask him for specifically what we need and desire. 
and God loves us. And he tell he like he told Catherine, he's not going to fail those who don't fail in their own hope. He's going to provide for us because he is our compassionate father. Unlike our earthly parents who may not always give us what we want, and maybe some couldn't even always give us what we needed, God provides and in humble asking of hope and then putting our hope in God and not rooting it in this life of ours, in this world where we live that somehow seems so often against God, we're going to get more of that virtue. If you need more hope, ask. Ask God for more hope. That's not failing in hope. That's turning to the one who can give us what we need. Ask for the hope. I think it is so important to remember, as, again, I'm going to repeat this one little section here, that when we begin to lose our fear, because that's not what's going to give us eternal life, that we can, with love, know ourselves, and we know of God's goodness, and we can take hope in God's mercy, and then our heart is going to feel joy. I think that's what I'm going to leave you with. Take hope in God's mercy so that your heart may feel his joy. When you find yourself failing a little bit this week, have hope. You know how in the Divine Mercy Chaplet we say, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. That's what St. Faustina told us to say. This week, instead, say, God, my hope is in you. God, my hope is in you. Say it as many times as you need to. Let that be your prayer when you feel yourself losing hope. See how beautifully his hope and mercy are tied together. I hope you all have a wonderful week. And remember to always live not lukewarm. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Not Lukewarm Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, tell a friend, or leave a review wherever you listen. Show notes and links are at notlukewarmpodcast.com.